like to good. I would like to talk about failure. Do you want to talk about failure, JP? Yes, I would love to talk about failure. And let's talk about it. Okay. Let's do it. Let's not let's not do I the whole no thing. I have no prompts for this other than let's d- talk d- about d- let's tell our audience we're unprepared. We have no prompts, but we're going to talk about failure today. Um Great. Are we ready? You're, you we're recording. Oh, we are. Get in front of the mic. Okay. I hope they keep this. Keep it, Ron. It's Ron. <laughs> keep it, Charlie, or whoever edits this. Okay. So, so here we are at our podcast. JB back. and Alon. Here we are. Here we are. Episode three. Episode three. It's I mean, I don't know. What if we change the order? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I shouldn't even say that. What if this one's so good? We're like, <laughs> this is the lead. Spoiler alert! It's not gonna be. <laughs> Because this episode, as I mentioned at the top of the half hour, is about failure. Failure. Which is also uh, <laughs> our podcast in a nutshell yes. so far. <laughs> but uh, the reason I like the topic of failure is because it's something that, regardless of the industry that you're in, all of us experience, mm. right? Yes. And all of us cope with it differently. But I think that creative types, such as our listeners... And you and I mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we cope uh, with failure probably a mm. bit differently from most people in, in right. different fields mm-hmm. that are maybe not quite as um, creative or that don't quite uh, involve so much of yourself mm-hmm. in the work. That's true. Um, how do you handle failure? How are you handling mm. today? <laughs> the failure after... <laughs> how are you handling this? Well, um... You know, I'll probably say not great. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, I don't – well, you know, that's not true. I have to say, and and maybe a lot of people feel the same way, the older I get and the more experiences I have and the more ambitious I get in trying new things, Mm -hmm. the more I'm understanding – that at the end of the failure, right, there is a lesson to be learned. And I think... Do you think that's true? Because I don't. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but keep I going. I do. Going. I do think that. Mm-hmm. I, and I think it, you know, sometimes you have to really, you know, fight for that. And the lesson might have been, you should maybe you should have never done that. that well, that's right? true. That's don't true. do that again. Yes. Uh, but that's good to know, like mm-hmm. this podcast. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think to... Um, I am one of those people who really, when I decide I'm going to do something, I will put all of the efforts towards that, right? Sure. I get hyper-focused. I think this is a, a, a thing that a lot of creatives do, mm-hmm. right? Just eyes on the prize. This is the thing Tunnel I'm focused vision. on, right? Yes. And when it doesn't go well, it's it's hard it's because so it's hard. emotional, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes a while to recover and sometimes it takes a while to find that lesson mm-hmm. and uh yeah i mean i'm not i it certainly doesn't deter me mm-hmm. from trying new things it shouldn't or you know it i shouldn't I, I try to to make it you know have a a little gold at the end of the tunnel yeah okay so that's a very you know i would had i not become an american citizen about a year ago, almost a year ago, I would say that uh, that is a very American take in that you guys are like 
eternal optimists, which is a great quality, right? Mm. But if you grow up on continental Europe, uh, we're the opposite of that. Everything is very doom and gloom. And oftentimes people don't try things to begin with because uh, it you kind of grow up with an attitude of, it's, I can't speak for every country, obviously, but it's very much culturally true that growing up in Germany, you're kind of always apologizing for your own existence, right? Mm. So you're probably much less uh, likely to uh, try to branch out into doing something mm. very new for yourself right. or yeah, to it, be entrepreneurial. Even. Right. And uh, the opposite here, right? We're like, we can do anything, anything. all the time. We're amazing. Both are uh, not great dispositions. Not great. There's, there's got to be a happy middle somewhere in between, but both are not great attitudes. Uh, for for a myriad of reasons. But the thing is, at least for me, I agree with you in that I get very tunnel vision about a project and um, I take it very, very personally when things go awry. I don't think uh, people typically, at least what how I perceive people perceive me, is that they don't think of me as uh, terribly soft. Mm. Uh but I'm a huge softie and I take it very, very hard when things go mm-hmm. awry. Even small things, when they go not according to plan, it's it's a personal failure on my part, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and the way that uh, I cope with it is not typically by saying, well, there's a lesson to be learned here. Because I find, you know, I think you know me well enough to know that... I find that kind of language, it goes mm. off into weird, like, new agey kind of territory. Mm. And I hate anything that alludes oh, to... Oh, I love that. I know you do. Mm. Love it. <sighs> but that's okay. That's fine. There's room for, for all of us, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, uh, but, so I typically don't walk away from situations thinking, well, mm-hmm. it was not meant to be. And there is a lesson to be learned here. I'm typically of the mind that, you know, sometimes shitty things just happen. And this is just a bad situation. And I guess the takeaway is I probably shouldn't have wasted my time trying. Mm. But I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking that way either. I think it's okay to understand your limits in that way. Do you think, though, or I guess, do you, when you, when something is a failure Uh and then you think about... Like this podcast. Yeah. Like this whole day of recording today. (laughs) When you think about the next thing, Uh do you... Do you shy away from something no, that you never. have failed at, and then are you like, I can, I can give it another go? Never. I always try again because I, I always uh, say to myself, as somebody who owns a small business, and uh, I'm, you know, responsible for other people, and I've got overheads and I've got things that have to happen. Uh, my disposition usually is that I don't shy away from trying a new thing again. Typically, my attitude is, okay, that sucked. I feel bad about it for a little while. And then eventually shake Mm -hmm. it off, keep it moving because I run a business, right? Right. I don't really have the luxury to kind of uh, be that self-indulgent in my feelings. I really Mm -hmm. can't. I have to always keep things moving. There's always the next project, the next client, the next big thing around the corner that I have to prepare for. Mm -hmm. I can't really afford to wallow. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, no one can. Nobody right? can. No. Or, or shouldn't. Or, or they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting, um, though, kind of thinking of it in terms of lessons learned. There's so many people in our business who don't learn that lesson quickly mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. right? Right. And they get themselves into a lot of 
hot water financially and mm-hmm. they overextend themselves um, because I don't think that enough people are honest with themselves about the fact that maybe a thing that no matter how hard you're trying at it, no matter how much you're educating yourself about it, it's just not for you. Right. And yeah. that's okay too. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I think we should touch a little bit on the power of no when it comes to like leading. Can I tell you something? I'm yeah. going to lean in very close. Okay. I yes. love, I love to say no. I'm not good at that. I love it. It's it's the best thing I've ever done for myself is just starting to say no to people. And I don't yeah. know why I always thought for such a long time in my life that everything was an arbitrary, like was yeah. uh, had to be a yes. Uh, so especially it's in freeing. business. It's oh, it's freeing. so liberating because yeah. I can just say, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. And I don't want to work with you. And, and, and I don't want to do this project because I think it's kind of lame. Right. Or I don't want to devote the time for this because I know that it's not something I excel at either. Yeah. You know, it, th- it focuses in on what you're good at when exactly. you can say no. I love, and I think most people feel this way, subconsciously or consciously, I love being good at what I do. Mm-hmm. So I do things that I know I'm going to knock out of the park. Yeah. To use a very American expression. As you should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was younger, I was a fashion designer for Mm -hmm. many years. And it started when I was, you know, an assistant to an assistant to an assistant. You look like a fashion designer. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. You have that thing about you. So I, I always, I talk about this often when, when I talk to young designers um, or young people I've worked with Mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you no a lot. Yes. Of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be really honest with you because back when I was in fashion, you know, I draw, you know, I, this is how old I am. We used to draw with a pencil on a piece of paper. We draw a picture. A of, picture? Yeah. With of, a pencil? With a pencil. Not wow. on a computer. We draw with a pencil. Wow. A sweater. A, a sweater, jacket. A jacket. Whatever it is, right? And then I, I would take all these papers to my boss. A Papers. Yeah. And he would look at them in person on his desk and he would say no to, gosh. Most of it, right? Most of it. Yeah. 98% but of that's it. That's how it should be. Yeah. No. People are that's too how it should be. chuffed about right. their own work. And I realized very quickly mm-hmm. in this process that the no was going to get me to success. Yes. Right? Correct. And that's, that was the key thing. Mm-hmm. And that the no meant try again. It didn't mean stop what you're doing, quit fashion, right? right? It meant it keep going. Why is it that people take, take it to those extremes? I find in my experience that oftentimes when you just tell somebody, well, this right here, this iteration of this idea isn't good enough, uh, they immediately want to hurl themselves off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, that just means like do it again, but differently. Right. Try something else. Like you, you're already, you already got a seat at the table, right? Exactly. Or you already started your own business, mm-hmm. right? But if that ring isn't selling, do Can, something else. Do right? you know what I always say to clients? Yeah. They'll say to us, they'll come into the studio and they'll say, this piece, oh, everybody loves it. Everybody loves this. Everybody, everybody says, oh my God, this is amazing. This mm-hmm. is incredible. This is the best thing. You are so talented. And then I ask them, great. How many of those have you sold? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the answer is none. Be, well, and it's I'm a like, business, It's a guys. business, guys. Yeah. It's not a vanity project. I mean, right. listen, if you're uh, incredibly wealthy and this is just something that you do for fun and this is a vanity project for you, great. Enjoy that. Yeah. I wish I had that I kind did, of luxury. I do too, I wish. But 
Actually, I kind of don't because uh, I'm a firm believer in the fact that uh, boxes have a tendency to uh, push us to be more creative. Mm. So when I, I, I really, agree. I think restrictions are very, very healthy. So having a financial restriction or having the restriction of this has to be uh, viable for my business, whatever I'm working mm-hmm. on, I think helps creativity because if we have unlimited resources, we end up, I think, producing very boring things. Mm-hmm. So uh, I agree. creativity happens when you do have those restrictions um, and you kind of, uh, you're forced to innovate for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So I think that uh, even if this is a vanity project for you, if you want to be really great at it, you need to treat it like a real business Yeah, that needs to be like above water right. and have cash flow and mm-hmm. you need to make sales and all of it needs to be viable for the long term, right? right? So right. I think that uh, that is something that spurs on creativity. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I think being able to find the critique Right. Mm-hmm. In the work within. I've met people. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Off, go but ahead. I just wanted to say quickly, I've met people in this business who are known, who are wealthy, personally mm-hmm. wealthy, independent of their business, and who surround themselves with a lot of people who they pay just to say, yes, you, yes, you're so amazing. Yes. <gasps> this is so special. You know, that kind mm, of thing. Mm. And to just ooh and ah at everything that they do. And I've been in those rooms with those people and I think to myself, what is the point of this? Mm-hmm. This is so, this is like the true meaning of the word decadence, right? Yeah. If you kind of go back to the proper Roman meaning of the word, mm-hmm. this is really the decay of a thing that we're looking at now. Yeah. So, but, it, and and that I find And it can ugly. it can be detrimental in the long run. And yes. I, I think that's what's scary. I, One of the things I find interesting about um, some young brands that, you know, I've worked with or I've seen is that they will often think that not enough people have seen the jewelry and that's why it's not a success. And Mistake. the more you make these excuses mm-hmm. for, you know, this is why this isn't selling because of these 20 people, no one liked it, right? Or of these 200 people or of these 2,000 people. That's a but small pool of people. It's a small, but it still means maybe that isn't the jewelry people want because right. there's going to be someone in that pool. And if you're if you're running into that issue of like, I just want more people to see it, that will be the thing that changes my business mm-hmm. from going to zero to 20 even. That's not necessarily always the case. I think... You're touching on something very interesting here that is a little bit, not not necessarily entirely unique to our industry, but it is a little more unique to our industry, I think, in that we do not have uh, a body like the CFDA Mm -hmm. to help kind of professionalize people in the business, right? So there's nobody that who can tell you in earnest that you can go to who says to you, listen, Mm -hmm. this is objectively poor design. You need to move on. What you're doing is not viable for the long term. Right. This is not something you can build like, a business on. Right. This part's good. This part, not so much. Yes. Try harder here. You're onto right. something over here. Mm-hmm. This is the interesting bit, right? Because mm-hmm. I've seen it all. I see it every day. This is what's interesting. Mm-hmm. So maybe stick to this and get right. rid of all of that other stuff. Right. And, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's hard to find. We don't have d- that. We don't have that. And it's hard to... To build that group within your community as well, mm-hmm. you know, nobody wants to tell their friend that 
they don't like I do. their joy. They should. I do all the time. Yeah. I tell people something is bad all the time. I Good. do it for kicks. <laughs> if you need a jewelry critique, the podcast guys, is bad. If you need a it's bad so far. We I'm telling that's you. been established. We paid for the rest of the hour. <laughs> We're just going to keep going, guys, because we have a small business to run. Exactly. We, we need both to get do. our money's worth. We got to get it done. <laughs> Listen, the next few episodes are going to be better. Wink, wink. <laughs> I think the rest of the podcast is going to be this. Yeah. If it continues. Yeah. I think this is interesting, though. I think, you know, but we've all kind I mean, I do feel like this has been going back to the failures. The failures are things we can learn from. Right. (laughs) For as much as you're fighting that. So what do you got? I think that that's I think you're right about kind of having to create a community of people that you can trust with feedback like that. Mm. I would say that the best feedback is typically like money and time you've put in and what you're getting out of it. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's like if you've put in $100,000 in a collection and you spent like two years developing Mm -hmm. it, whatever the case may be, and you do not make a single sale, that's a sign. Mm -hmm. That tells you you did a wrong thing. Right. right. You need to reevaluate you, and stop on the path you're going. Exactly. You got to cut your losses because there's always this kind of like sunk cost fallacy that people go down, which is like, well, I've invested this much in it. I got to keep going because I'm this far in the hole mm-hmm. already. That's a, that's no, no. you got to cut the losses. <laughs> no, yes, stop no. the bleeding. Stop yes. the bleeding. Yes. Try something else. Yeah. And it's hard. And I think a lot of people, when you're kind of at that point, look, I've been there where it's this business isn't there. going the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's okay to mm-hmm. stop and start over. And it's hard because you lost the money and you time. lost the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But like you said, you can't bleed out. You're going to bleed out. You're going to bleed out. You've got to stop. You've got to move on. Stop. You really... Wisdom in life is knowing when to move on Mm -hmm. from any number of situations and when to move on from failure, right? And I think we're not honest enough with ourselves about when we are Mm -hmm. clearly, obviously failing. Right. Um, Well, and I think, too, a lot of people worry, you know, in today's day and age, right, where everybody shares everything they're doing. Yes. Right. We know. That's the thing. You know, and it's hard to think. Oh, my God. Like, if I fail, like, all of these people are going to see this and know this. And in all honesty, they're going to forget tomorrow, guys. Just move on and make yourself happy. Just be happy. Learn the lessons. If there is right? one. If there is one. Sometimes Take there those lessons to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Or not. Do something completely different. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, you live once. Keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. You can. You will. Yeah. Even if it sucks in the moment. Uh, what would you say to, given that you're one of the founders of NYC Jewelry Week, mm. uh, what would you say to young jewelers typically if they come to you and they want their collections evaluated, mm-hmm. right? And let's say things are starting to go left, very obviously going in the wrong direction. Mm. Um, what, how do you typically handle that? What do you say to them? I'm pretty honest uh-huh. with them. I think... Uh, you're going to love this. You're going to love what I have to say. I love it. Already. I think my go-to for young designers when I see a collection that, you know, y- usually if there's like five pieces, there's at least one 
that I like, or uh-huh. there's one at minimum, you know, that, uh, really has something mm-hmm. because it's hard to be a creative and not put yourself into something, but people try, you know, people really try to fight putting their own thing into their work sometimes, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. everyone, but mm-hmm. this is a, a strange thing. Um, when that's happening, I always say, always try to find, always ask if I don't see it. What do you, what are you doing? What do you want to see in here? Because that's what's missing. Do you know why that I think special that is? bit? Why? I, 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 I don't know if you had this experience, but when I was at university getting my undergrad, mm-hmm. I had this experience of a lot of professors saying to us in kind of the context of creative photography work, mm-hmm. uh, don't just make the thing that you want to see. I think a lot of creatives who've gone to school have heard that. And I think that they think going out into the real world, oh, I I shouldn't just design for myself. I need Mm -hmm. to design for the world or something like that. Right. And I think that that's where that comes from. Yeah. I think, well, I think that's what's missing. You know, if if you're not putting the heart into, if you're not a large corporation making gold bands, right? Sure. That you're importing here at a low cost that you're going to put a major markup on. If you're making work that you want to resonate with other human beings, Mm -hmm. it needs to resonate with you first. Absolutely. And to your point, uh, if you're an independent designer and you're up against companies like Bulgari, Cartier, you know, Bushron, all of these people, Why on earth do you think they'll buy something from you if they can get a similar thing at Cartier? Mm. Probably for a better price, too. You're just setting yourself up for failure. Exactly. It's so hard. You You don't have a marketing team. team. Or multiple teams, global like, strategies. Global teams. Yeah, that's you yeah. don't have that. You don't have uh, Patrick de Marchier about to shoot your latest collection. Like mm-hmm. you don't have that kind of access no. or those kinds of funds typically, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, why would you try to compete with them? Mm-hmm. You have to give people a reason to come to you, right? And yeah. you don't give them that reason by making the same plain diamond tennis bracelet or the same, uh, you know, gold stacking ring or the Mm -hmm. same signet that everybody else makes. Like you don't give them a reason to come to you when Mm -hmm. you're doing that. Mm -hmm. They'll just go to a brand that they know and trust. Right. They'll go to Cartier. Yeah. And if I want like a gold band, I go to Cartier. Yeah. That's what I do. Right. So I hear you. Sponsor us. Cartier sponsor us. Cartier sponsor us. Yeah. Well, and I think too. Oh, hashtag not sponsored. Oh yeah, hashtag not sponsored. There, there is, you know, there's so many. It, when you're a young independent designer and you look around at the other designers mm-hmm. you are, you know, interested in and that yes. you're following, right? Mm-hmm. There's usually, usually you can see what is the thing that sets them apart, right? Always. And so, it's. I think all of these signs in the world point to this, but it's oftentimes really hard, I think, for creators mm-hmm. to when they sit in the studio or, or whatever it is, there there's some sort of block. But typically that's when I talk to brands that aren't going well. Typically it's always that same thing mm-hmm. that there has been some sort of loss of being in touch with what that original vision was or it's been diluted mm-hmm. as they progress. Or they've, or, been, they've had other people in their ear saying, right. no, 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 no. Right. You know. Don't listen to those people. There's financial restrictions, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be creative. And it's true 
in all facets of of creative work, not just jewelry. It's certainly been always true for me. I've always suffered when I've not produced work that I love. Mm-hmm. And you know, my my work at this point. I've done this long enough, and I've really honed in on my voice as a photographer. I think most people, when they see my stuff, they recognize it mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. And I have a very kind of classical 90s editorial kind of aesthetic. And I've learned that about myself fairly early on. And I was like, but that's what I love. Mm-hmm. Those are the images I love. So that's just yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And if other if Do you it. don't like it, hire somebody else. But that's mm-hmm. what I love, and that's right. what I, and I produce my best work when I'm just allowed to do that. Yeah, and you find your people that way. Ex- and I find mm-hmm. people who I actually really want to work with that way too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's 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 a con that works, kids. Yeah, it is. What about you? What do you typically say? To, I know you work with a lot of jewelers, yes. and I'm sure they ask the your opinion. All the time they ask us our opinions, and I always say to them, do you want me to be honest? <laughs> and sometimes then people stop asking. Oh, yeah. And when they say, no, 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 be honest, I'm like, this good, 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 bad. And I've seen that a million times. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just very straight up with people when mm-hmm. it comes to that. I just say, I've seen this a million times. I've literally just seen 10 other clients who make that same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. I always yeah. come at it from the point of view as a business owner. And I'm always thinking about, regardless of what the person's financial uh, situation is, mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about their business. And mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about like, yeah, does that monetarily make sense for you? I don't think it does. So don't yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, so I, I, for me, it's very cut and dry in that way mm-hmm. because it's really just about money. Yeah. I hear that. You know? Yeah. You know, another thing I just thought of when you were saying that is oftentimes jewelers, when I'll sit with them and they, you know, I'll ask them what they're into. Uh Like, you know, you're like telling them what's wrong with this. I'll always say like, what do you like? What do you like? What do you, what do you, you, how do you see yourself and how do you see this brand? Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is a lot of times it does not match at all. Can I tell you something? Another thing, to that point, yeah. sometimes people will come to us and they'll give us a deck of uh, inspo images for their campaigns. Yeah. And it'll be really lush and this, that, and the other thing. And it'll be for an example is like, I'll get Dutch still life. Mm. And then the person who is the jeweler makes 14 karat gold stacking bands. And I'm like, how on earth do these things communicate? Right. These yeah. things don't talk to one another but it's very interesting there's a lot of kind of disparity mm-hmm. from how they see their work to what right. the rest of us are seeing are seeing it's very weird yeah. right yeah i i feel like there there needs to be like a time of check-in with yourself yeah check in with yourself right. hey say, how are, how am i yeah how how am i doing <laughs> how am i doing how, does this look like the jewelry that i think i'm making right Am I Anya Rubik? <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't no. think so. No. <laughs> I'd be I'd be a lot richer, I think. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Yeah. No, maybe. but I'm not but sure. I think that point of self-evaluation is a good thing to take stock of if you're broaching on failure, if yeah. you've hit failure, if you're far from failure I'm not as well. A 6-foot tall blonde Polish woman. No. I mean, but you do have Michelle Pfeiffer hair. So Correct. there's that. Failure. Yeah. It's no, not for everyone. The self-evaluation. <laughs> Let's talk about this a little bit more. self Because I think this is really important, mm-hmm. is that you have to check in with your business, yes. right, a lot of the times. Don't wait for the crisis. D- so can I tell I you what I do? Yeah. I, and I don't think 
everybody should do this or that okay. this is necessarily like workable for everyone depending on what they're actually doing but um for me what helps is i'll often lay out all of my work across mm. my multiple sort of screens to just know how amazing you are to just yeah like, i just look at it and i'm like oh my god this is so Ugh. good nailed but it nailed it <laughs> going to bed now feeling really <laughs> wake good. up to this and then i take a My selfie a heavily filtered selfie and i post it on instagram and i'm like nailed it yet again right <laughs> laying on them draped in your photos yeah, d- d- yeah. Oh, like that yeah. yeah a lot of that so that's not what i do that's important though that's important though uh, you do have to recognize when you've done well mm. too that's you do. important celebrate that so, yeah. and i do but i also i lay out my work and i look at it as like a body of work i lay out spread out my portfolio and i say to myself okay uh if i'm really honest with myself i'm a stranger and i'm a lover of this kind of photography like fashion photography stuff right i'm looking at this mm-hmm. is this good yeah no i'm intrigued do you know like, what i mean wait. oh oh no 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 i oh. say to myself <laughs> is this good Oh yeah, and, and I, then what? And well, I go through them, and I'm very honest with myself about like, okay, if this was for Bushron, if this was a campaign yeah. for Bushron, is right. it good enough for them? Yeah. And I start cutting things out of my book that I feel are not good enough, but mm-hmm. I keep things that I think are absolutely good enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm confident now in my enough in my work now to be able to say that we've shot things that are good enough for any major, you know, we have genre. We have, yeah, and. I look at the stuff and I'm like, you know what? This is genuinely fantastic, but also yeah. this stuff over here is genuinely mediocre. Yeah. And that leaves my portfolio and it always kind of recenters me and it gives me direction for where I need to go for the year to come. I always think about it as like, okay, so 2021 looked mm-hmm. like this and this is my portfolio from this year. What was bad? What was good? What worked? What didn't work as well? I'm very honest with myself. And I, even if the client loved a thing, I don't always love a thing just mm-hmm. because the client loves it. Yeah. So I look at it in those terms and I say, okay, 2021 looked like this. These are the great bits. This is the direction I need to keep heading on. So 2022 needs more of this. Right. That's how I plot it out. And I'm actually in the process of doing that now for yeah. the year to come. Oh, that's great. So that, yeah. And I do that every Put year. Put that in your calendar. Mm-hmm. Like, that's important. And you should probably, yeah. I mean, you should do it more than once annually. You should constantly be re-examining your work and where you mm-hmm. are. But uh, I, I, that process, it's so clarifying for me it mm-hmm. gives me real achievable goals for the year to come mm-hmm. and yeah. that is what you should do for your small business you should have real achievable right. goals and that's yeah. how you build a long-term strategy too and so, ha- and have those check-ins i think not just about how pretty your jewelry is yes but is it making you money is it making you money is it genuinely unique in the marketplace mm-hmm. is it doing is it filling a niche a role a need that uh, others may not be filling mm-hmm. have an honest conversation with yourself and the the big problem there though is that a lot of jewelers getting into the business are not educated mm-hmm. right about jewelry and about what's going on in the industry so understanding the business intimately right. is the first step and right. then you can sit step back and evaluate where you are right or the opposite is mm-hmm. the case too where they're really like know what they're doing jewelry wise don't know how to run a business don't know how to run a business oh my god i run into that all the time Mm -hmm. and i know so many people who have i sent a few to you uh recently who are genuinely 
amazing. Okay. Who yes. are genuinely amazing, yes. but do not know how to get more exposure, how to run a business, all of that stuff. But I look mm-hmm. at their collections and I'm like, why aren't you yeah. everywhere? You should be everywhere. No, I know. You know. I love. I mean, I don't love seeing that. I don't love but seeing I it either. But I love seeing those jewelers. Yes. You're just like, wow. You're so like, good at this. What? Yeah. You should be everywhere. You should be. Yeah. Yeah. Failure. Yeah. Failure. Yeah. This was good, though. I learned some things. The podcast is so far kind of a failure, but I think we're going to get better at it. I think we're going to get better at it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you, everyone who did listen. I'm so sorry. We're going to get better at this. Yes. Yes. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Did I sound like the AOL guy? Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Keep it broad. <laughs> I love this rod. I do think we are kind of establishing this. The universe is meaningless. It has no conscience. It doesn't care about you. Yes. And it's not here to teach you a thing. (laughs) (laughs) End of show. (laughs) It's it's my Eastern European, you know, blood. No, I love it. I love it. So, yeah. Okay. Failure. That's it. No, that's not it. We've got like eight more minutes. (laughs) 